Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, are you there? <laughs> this is Can a, you hear me? It's not like an old phone call, like, hi, are you there? Are you there? Are you there? I, I can hear you. Yeah, I was trying to make it sound like we just I just called you, but actually we've been chatting now for about half an hour beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> no one needs to know that. No, well, they do now, so great. I was going to ask you, what were those, this is a bit random, but what were all those horse things you had as a child? They're all in like horse plastic things. tubs under your aunt's house. <laughs> oh, you mean those, um, like the toys? Yeah, the toys. What were they called? They were called yeah. Grand Champions. Grand Champions. <laughs> yeah, and you could collect really? them. Yeah, and they were like a, they were like a um, replica of the horse, you know, certain different types of horses. Oh, and um, That's not what I was thinking of. It was all it was like a whole farmyard. It wasn't just horses. Um, okay, well, okay, so you've said horses, so you were very specific <laughs> okay. there. So I went I went specific. If you're yeah. talking about all those animals, you're talking about the Playmobil. Oh, uh, that yeah. Which is this awesome, cool German toy that right. was really, is still pretty expensive, but was super expensive when I had it as a kid. And yeah. um, my dad and mum bought it for me. I wasn't, I had some Lego. I wasn't super into Lego at the time, um, but I had it. And um, I just loved this Playmobil stuff, which was, you know, it had, was all animals, you know, and right. we had a little hospital and we had a little school and all this other stuff, but I just yeah. loved it. It was so cool. But you were still me, sort of anyway. collecting it into your adult years for a while, weren't you? Is that right? Oh, not in my adult years. No, just okay. into my teenage years probably because when I was a teenager, you know, yeah. and I finally started having money from, you know, my job at McDonald's or whatever, there was stuff that came out that I was still pretty interested in. So I was like, this okay, is still yeah, pretty yeah. cool. So as a teenager, I was still buying stuff, but not as an adult. Although funny that you mention it because um, my sister for Christmas last year, as a bit of a spoof joke, actually got me <laughs> in my stocking, put put yeah. in my stocking something from Playmobil, <laughs> and I mean, I was pretty excited. I have to say, it was yeah, it yeah. was a bit of a bit of a moment. I was like, oh my god, it's Playmobil! <laughs> then I realised that I was you know mid thirties and probably <laughs> would never yeah. open it, but still, it was a cute present. It was a cute idea. So you didn't have a little go? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. It's still it's actually still wrapped up, but it's it was yeah. a it's a it was a nice idea. It was a cute little nod to the past. Well, you're going to have to excuse me today. I've bit my tongue, so, you know, we've got to talk for about an hour, but I've got like a whole thing on the side. Well, I didn't do it on purpose. Okay. But um, you you told me to get the, what's that stuff called that you told me to get, the WD-40? (laughs) 
to spray on no. it? <laughs> not <laughs> the WD-40 unless yeah. you've got creaky hinges on, in your tongue, in your mouth. No, no, no. Um, SM33 yeah. gel. Other mouth ulcers are available. Yeah. This, this podcast isn't sponsored by um, Bayer yeah. SM33 gel, but uh, here I am showing you a little photo of it on the camera yeah. here that, oh, that yeah, nobody yeah. can see at home. But um, SM33, it's the best thing for ulcers. It stings a little well, bit when you first put it on, but it's so good. Is it though? Because I had a little go of it. I bought some at the chemist hmm. and um, I put it on my tongue, but I was worried that I was going to just swallow it away straight away because it's in this really like at the back of my tongue. Yeah. So I sort of had to, to keep it there for like two or three minutes to make sure it was doing its thing. I had to like stick my tongue out to the side and then I just started dribbling. <laughs> <So> <laughs> what I had to do was just for like three minutes over my sink, I just had my tongue like stuck out to the side and just drew like I was just Amazed by how much dribble was coming out. Like, it was who like, are you? Are you I think like I Beethoven, lost about a liter. The dog. <laughs> I think <laughs> I like lost about Saint a liter Bernard. of fluid. <laughs> <laughs> that, firstly, that's really embarrassing, and um, I'm not yeah. sure that you want the world to know that. But anyway, there it is, everybody. <laughs> it's Alex dribbles. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've yeah. never had that experience with SM33, and uh, mm. everybody I recommend it to because you know I love. People love asking me for medical advice, despite having none. Um, I have I have my mother as a you know lifelong nurse, and she's been able yeah, to tell yeah. me everything. SM thirty three, I recommend it to everybody, and actually, it doesn't make me dribble, and um, it is awesome. And so, I actually think yeah. you have wrongly applied. I think you might have well, fucked that up, actually. What I recommend to everyone, just if you want to be amazed by your own body, is just to open your mouth over the sink and watch how much dribble comes out because it's just like <laughs> I reckon I could have kept going for hours and hours and, <laughs> you know, I would have been dehydrated. Are you generally a slobbery person? I no, don't think not, of you as a slobbery no. person. I've never sort not of thought, oh, he's got a lot of spit. But, you know, I just went, that's why they have to have someone at the dentist with the little vacuum cleaner because of everyone just... <laughs> The dribble's amazing. I was very impressed. <laughs> I mean, I have I have an amazing dentist and yeah. I have no problem instructing a dental nurse to do their job better. I have been known to grab a dental nurse's hand and move the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> you know, <laughs> really? like move here. Yes, of course. I don't want to drown in my own juices or whatever it is, you know, saliva. And I'm drowning here. You know, I can't speak. Although my dentist does say that I'm the only person he knows that can talk while having his teeth filled. So that yeah, probably well, says that something. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm always like, move the vacuum cleaner, do your job. You've only got one job right here. That is to, you know, suck up all of this mess, get going. So I will reach, I will reach up, surprise the dental nurse and move the, yep. uh, the vacuum cleaner so I don't drown. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is exactly, you tune into a podcast about Popstars Australia and you get... This is this what is, you get. Yeah, this is what you've tuned yep. in for. I guess we should actually get on with it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. It's so great listening to you sing along with it as well because I'm getting you in stereo because you're the um, you're the whispery voice over the top, 
and then I'm getting oh, yeah. you singing along with our friend Sis. Oh, I wish I could remember her name. I licensed for the um, samples from um, sure. this, you know, website. So whoever she is. <laughs> but when you get me doing it, it adds a different level of complexity, does it? Exactly, yeah. Oh, it's so great. Just yeah. to hear it. <laughs> it's like a fully immersive experience. <laughs> we should release it as a single. Perhaps it'll be my yeah. first number one. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that. <laughs> All these years later, I've hit the charts, number one. Yeah. So I guess we should introduce ourselves. So I am uh, I'm Alex. Is that and right? I'm Alexander. Great, got it right. Correct. Tick. We've already got something <laughs> right today. <laughs> and we're here, of course, talking about uh, at the moment in uh, podcast Fruity Alexia. We're talking about pop stars Australia series one, the seminal series one. Yes, the it's one. I mean, it's probably not the first reality show, but it's certainly the first one that's kind of like wedged into my memory. I think. And we're sort of in the meaty part of it now. Like it felt like stuff really got real. You know what I mean? Like we're past yes, the competition absolutely. side of it and now it's gone It's gone a bit gritty and edgy. And, you know, even in the last episode we talked about on the previous uh, podcast, Sophie sort of has this talk to camera where she gets really upset halfway through and almost like storms out and she was like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. And, you know, starting to feel like um, we're getting a real peek inside what was actually happening. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think now it's starting vaguely starting to re- resemble, um, you know, what we know now as reality television a little bit more. Yeah. You're kind of getting that kind of um, fourth wall broken a little bit better. Yeah, I think up to this point it felt really like very much like a docu series, and it still yeah. feels like a docu series, but it's starting to feel a little more reality ish. <laughs> Dare I say it actually started to get interesting? <laughs> 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 like it was fun, like it was fun before, but now it's actually kind of like. Oh, right. You're getting, you are actually getting some really candid moments. And, you know, that sort of stuff survives um, time a little bit more than sure. the fun does, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's interesting in retrospect. I don't think it's interesting in the same way that, you know, insight or Q&A is maybe, <laughs> but don't want, you know, <laughs> no. but it's, it's interesting <laughs> in retrospect, maybe in terms of, um, <laughs> you know, just seeing it and, and actually considering what those people must have been going through at the time. And during yeah. that time of, of in particular in pop culture and, you know, media. Yeah. And we were trying to think as well, speaking of time, um, the timeline of the show gets a little bit confusing because obviously it was a weekly show, but the jumps in time, as to what we're actually seeing. I mean, first of yeah, all, I thought yeah. you can kind of map it by Michael Napthali's haircuts. It sort of <laughs> jumps. Like in one scene, it'll be long in this episode. The next one is really short again and cropped. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, clearly time is passing, but it's sort of hard to work out in the reality of their experience. Yeah, it's it's quite strange because in episode six, which we just spoke about in the last episode of Foodie Alexia, um, in episode six, they celebrate Sophie's birthday. So... Yeah. Um, you know, cool, whatever. Then I went and had a Google and I checked and her birthday is December 14th. So if, you know, episode six was, you know, filmed around, you know, mid-December, um, at some point early in this episode, episode seven, they talk about, um, you know, Tiffany talks about the girls having been together for four weeks already. So I guess let's say that'd be the middle of November, that takes it back yeah. to when the, when the girls were first sequestered. You know, we know that Chantel was only with them for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I feel like maybe the auditions that we saw in the earlier episodes of Pop Stars Series 1, maybe they were filmed sort of October-ish. I'm just presuming. I'm not sure. Um, and yeah. then sort of they all kind of came to Sydney and moved in together in like middle of November or something. Then they had Sophie's birthday. Chantel left. 
Tiffany came in. And then a little bit later, I think in episode seven, I don't know if it's the narrator, I can't remember who it is. Somebody mentions that they've, you know, they've been together for seven weeks or it's been a crazy seven weeks or something. And at oh, that right. point, at that point, I'm assuming, you know, within episode seven, there's kind of a jump of the girls have been together for four weeks, the girls have been together for seven weeks. So I'm wondering if that episode's content is sort of spaced out across really encapsulating three weeks worth of real time. But in episode yeah. seven, they are actually viewing, they are actually viewing, um, you know, like maybe episode two or three oh, yeah. together. Gonna, They're sitting down for a viewing party. I was going to say it was weird watching this episode because like in the context of Fruity Alexia, there's now this bit where we are watching them, watching themselves, and they're commenting on what they're seeing on the TV. Exactly. And then we, we are then too. commenting on their comments. And it just got very meta for me. It and was I, very <laughs> inception <laughs> lie down. Yeah. I've never felt like more like Leonardo DiCaprio movie. or Tom jo- Tom, Tom yeah. Um, Hardy. <laughs> yeah, being Michael Napthali. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, look, the thing is, you know, um, they, they may have been watching tapes back or something that may not have actually been live, but I suspect it if they were already edited and cut to pieces, cut together, I suppose they probably were watching It's funny. It. I think they're watching content from a few different episodes, so I don't think they're watching it live on TV. It's also during the day. Okay. And, yeah, so they watch. I think they've just watched all the episodes in a row during one day off of VHS. <laughs> right, okay. Well, then, then yeah. you know, I, I think that kind of puts them at a place, you know, because by episode seven they're talking about the paparazzi chasing them. Yeah, the paparazzi that's right. are trying to find out who they are and which girls were successful, which means the show's already airing. So, yeah. you know, and and we find out who the girls are going to be in episode five. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that means at least at least four episodes of, or at least at least one, two, three, or four episodes have happened. So I guess if the paparazzi are hounding them, et cetera, et cetera, you know, it's got to be a couple of weeks into airing. And um, if it was the leading to the Olympics, we've done a bit of a deduction here, a bit of a sort of an attempt at figuring it out. If the show started airing in April, late April, April 20 or something, that's what, according to the internet, whether it's true or not, mm. I don't know. I guess we're talking about sort of a bit of a time jump from December to May. Geez, so they're having to keep it all quiet that For months time. and months and months. Yeah. They're being, I mean, I guess it makes <laughs> sense. I mean, they recorded a whole album, video clips and all of this stuff. I suppose there's a whole bunch of stuff and work that's happened in the, ba- in the background. So I don't know. I'm not sure if it's a couple of, couple of months or if it's like five months that they've been hiding in sequestering or sequestered together. Yeah. Before we get too much into it, I should do my little recap. Um, Oh, you should. Hit us with your recap. Yeah, and also I'm going to hit the sting, the little bit of music, because uh, I think I get a couple of cents every time it plays on the podcast. So. <laughs> okay, great. Love that for you. Here we go. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. Right, okay, so, so after seven episodes, you've probably got about 64 cents worth. Uh, I think I'd be lucky, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be lucky to have that many cents, I think. <laughs> uh, I need to look into that, actually. I need to start logging it with APRA. Anyway, that's a whole other, <laughs> that's my admin. You don't need to know that. You've come here for the wonderful recap. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let me. Uh, <clears throat> Chantel has left the group and now they have to find a replacement. It's clear we're now in the media storm as the band have to. <laughs> this is why I don't do voiceovers because I can't read a full sentence without stopping. It's clear now that we're in the media storm as the band have had to move to a secure apartment out of their luxurious terrace house. <laughs> and in the new apartment, there's modern furniture and it seems like there's moussaka on tap. But there is also <laughs> a severe lack of character and homeliness as they sink further into their manufactured lives, waiting to find out who will take over from Chantel as the fifth member. God, uh, this tip- is a bit grim, isn't it? Your recap's a bit grim. <laughs> God, you make yeah. it sound like it's some sort of you know episode of American Horror Story or something. Well, it basically is this one, but, you know, we'll get into that later. (laughs) So, of course, um, Tiffany is the surprise guest in the secure penthouse and not only is she suddenly swept up into the long work days and the media storm, but she's having to stay back to re-record all of Chantel's tracks. (laughs) And, you know, a lot more goes on, but we'll we'll get into that. (laughs) And here's two more cents into my APRA account. Alexia. Okay, so <laughs> that was great, wasn't it? <laughs> so obviously this is the one where um, we find out that so Tiffany is led into do. the band. Yeah. This is the moment. I mean, this is this is the moment that we've all been waiting for. Um, when I say we all, I mean you and I and our listeners. Um, you know, I love that this episode starts with Jackie O, Michael Natalie and Chris Moss in an office somewhere. The narrator yeah. says, look, the first challenge is the judges have to find a replacement for um, Chantel who has left the group. And it starts with Chris Moss saying quite bluntly, Chantel had to go. There was no other way around it. it. She had to go. Um, And, you know, at this point, given that you heard that she was leaving for family reasons in the last episode, um, for this episode to start like that, you do start to get a bit of a hint with his tone and his he's very firm about it that Mm. there was no other alternative. I mean, you start assuming something else has happened. And by the end of the episode, of course, you know, you hear them talking about um, you know, the, the the press are looking for other reasons why Chantel may have left the group, um, which is interesting to hear them even say that when they were trying to protect what was the true story anyway, but they themselves were kind of planting the seeds of doubt. Yeah, and it's hard to know what, you know, who, it's so hard to know what actually went down. But um, Well, it's hard to know then. It's not hard to know yeah. now when they've all come out and spoken about it, and we'll talk about that in another episode later down the track. But it definitely, at the time, was now you're looking back and it was kind of like they were just dangling carrots the whole time, really. Yeah, It is nice to see in that little chat with um, Chris and Jackie and Michael at the beginning, though, that they're actually d- doing some deliberating. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not actually the first see time you really that. see them talk about it. And, you know, it's kind of that first, it's really the first interesting bit, isn't it, where yeah. they're sort of <laughs> analysing the girls and you're getting a bit better of an opinion of what their, like their expertise, their expert opinion. You yeah, know what I mean? True. Like as yeah. opposed to just liking their look or not, it's like, no, yes, no, and they're giving a bit more info. What I thought was interesting, you know, Chris Moss starts to talk about Brie Kale. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, from the beginning, he basically says, you know, she's too theatery, too show tuny. Her heart yeah. wasn't in it. Chris clearly is not a fan of her um, a- as a member of this group anyway. And Jackie O, you know, obviously says, look, you know, yeah, she did say that to me. And I think Michael even says, yeah, she was even telling the girls afterwards that she was, you know, too yeah, theatery for right. this, which is really interesting. I mean, we spoke two episodes ago on Fruity Alexia about, you know, how Tiffany was when she got the initial rejection and, yeah. you know, about how people can be a little more um, dismissive of not getting, in a, not getting a gig and yeah. potentially that it's not necessarily the truth, but they just kind of fob it off and oh, they feel totally. better about it. And- I mean, you see it with every, in every episode from episode one, every time someone leaves an audition, they, they sort of go, oh, it's because I couldn't dance well enough, you know, oh, they, they didn't like, I sounded too opera-ish or, you know, whatever their excuse was. But I guess yeah, the closer yeah. you get to being in the band, the more gracious you have to be about it. Of course, But it's still the same impulse, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is. And, and you know what I think is interesting yeah. about this initial little bit? You know, then they talk about the other girls that they could possibly bring in, you know, Lee Shorten, Louise Messenger, Jodie Joy um, or Tiffany. You know, they talk about how each having them having the talent, but mm. but who will complement the group? And what's interesting about it is, you know, then they all of a sudden snap into a Vox Pop style sort oh, of. Oh, yeah sort of chitty chat with people on the street, you know. So this must be once the show started airing and everybody's got an opinion and it's it's like, you know, they talk about maybe easily shorten the right person because, you know, that's, you know, blah, 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 blah. And actually she's the only other person they dive into. They don't talk about Jodie Joy and they don't talk about Louise, yeah, which is right. weird. And then they jump yeah. into this Vox Pop and it's just the public going, I like Lee, I like Louise, I like yeah. Jodie Joy, I like Tiffany, I like... <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. They literally just go through. That's yeah, random, isn't it? You know, every every girl gets a vote from the public. Yeah, it's not very it's well thought so through. Weird. It's terribly it done. It's sort of the first done. inkling we get, though, that the public are coming along for the ride now because it's been yeah. so secretive beforehand and this is the first time we go, oh, okay, it's out, it's out and about. Definitely it's the first time you get a sense for, you know, that sort of um, media storm, that real kind of whipped up frenzied kind of thing that happened in real life watching yeah. the show where the public, you know, were happy to be stopped in the street and spoken to by a random cameraman with a microphone and give their opinion on a girl's, you know, first name. Oh, Jodie Joy, she's our pick. Yeah. You know, a couple of couple of guys are like, <laughs> oh, we, we love Tiffany, bro, you know, and they're like they're yeah. sort of just like these really sort of buff sort of guys. They're just like, yeah, we love Tiffany, bro, you know. It's like, okay, do you actually watch the show or did somebody just stop you and you know, ask you? But the thing is, at the time, everybody was watching the show. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It was such a big deal. And it's clear that, you know, something's happening because they they get shuffled out of their, the house that we were talking about last time and they're put into yeah, this yeah. like penthouse apartment. It must be in the city somewhere. Penthouse in is Sydney. a bit of a stretch. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And you can sort of see the Anzac Bridge in the background. So, uh, yeah, it must be fairly central. Um, and, yeah, as you said, like the penthouse is a bit of a stretch because it's like still twin single rooms. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Like, you, you know, you would think for the exposure they would have, I mean, they already had a deal obviously to do the auditions in, what did I say it was, a McEwer in the first episode? I mean, you'd think oh, they could right, have yeah. just got to meet your room at a McEwer, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah or, exactly. I mean, th- these days, of course, you, there would be product placement, it would all be schmick, the girls would have a great great spot to live by themselves, but instead they're being chucked in together in these single beds in these yeah. weird rooms. And, you know, it's obviously exciting and glamorous for them and maybe a bit of an improvement on the, you know, battered old terrace house that they were staying in with whoever lived there originally whose yeah. furniture was all in there. But it's weird, you know, so, um, 
I think um, Sophie talks about, oh, it's quite spacious. And, and Sally kind of is like, look, it's got one of those phones where you can see people on it. And, you know, yeah, it's obviously so exciting. quite exciting for them. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, Katie spots that they can't open the wardrobe. She's furious, the bed's isn't like she? parked next to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Katie's like, come and let me show you this. And she's like, follow me. And then she takes yeah. the camera crew into one of the bedrooms and the beds have kind of been butted up against the wardrobe so you can barely open them. And um, I love that this is such a huge plot point for this episode. It's such a huge, huge deal. And they're kind of, you know, Michael, they all sit out talking around the table. Michael, what are we going to do about the wardrobe? You know, the wardrobe situation. You know, how do you expect girls to get in and out of the wardrobe? And Belinda just sort of springs up out of her chair and she goes, hang on, let me go and take another look. And, you know, here we go with with mature, practical, sensible Belinda is kind of yeah. the tone we're getting of her, about her. And in she goes and she kind of has a couple of looks and she's like, wait, what about this, this, done, bam, bam. They move some furniture around. Perfect. Done. Yeah. Solution found. And I was thinking now that we know in real life that Belinda has gone off to Singapore and or wherever she's <laughs> yeah. living now and she's actually an <laughs> interior designer, I was thinking maybe this was early on, you know, um, a demonstration of her future skill. It's the transferable skills, isn't it? You know, totally. things you learn in a, being a pop star, you can take in. <laughs> That's right. Design. That's right. That's what she can take away from this experience. And, you know, just a side note, the other thing I was thinking about how cheap and povy the accommodation situation was for them all. I oh, love God, that in, yeah. in, in the scene where they're talk, sitting around the table talking about, you know, Michael, what are we going to do about the, um, you know, about the wardrobes? Um, there's actually a bunch of flowers sitting on the table and, mm. you know, flowers are expensive. They're fresh flowers. It's a big bunch. And I was like, They've probably spent more money on that bunch of flowers than they did on <laughs> the actual room. Yeah, I reckon the film, the camera crew have brought that in because you know it's you know they're saying it looks great and you know there are views and an entry phone and stuff. But I've stayed in those serviced accommodation places before, and they're actually yeah. just so soulless and like it's there was true. an artwork hanging on the wall. Um, I don't think we can call any of that artwork. Well, it's the same artwork that, you know, I've stayed in these places and it's still the same artwork hanging on the wall like 15, 20 years later. And like all the countertops are the same and it just actually made me a bit depressed seeing it. It's true. You know, they they may have, um, you know, gone race race down to reception and we need to borrow this vase of flowers and jazz up this apartment because we're about to film in it. it looks shit, yeah. (laughs) It looks like crap. It looks dead and soulless, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So clearly, I mean, the next big thing is Tiffany gets let into the group. And, she does. Um, and and uh, Jackie O. Jack- oh, sorry, you go. You say it. You say it. <laughs> no, I know you that go. you really want to. I know that you really want to. Jackie O. So, so, yeah. the only, so the way we find out they've chosen Tiffany, you know, they do this really quick little snippet at the beginning where they talk about, you know, Brie and they talk about Louise and Jodie Joy and Lee. They do this little vox pop. And then the narrator comes over and just says, Jackie O has been given the task of letting the girl, the 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 successful girl know that she's in the band. And next minute, you just see Jackie O walking through an empty breakfast buffet room at yes. the Hilton, tapping <laughs> Tiffany on the shoulder. And Tiffany's like, oh, my God, thank you, or whatever. And <laughs> yeah. that's kind of all the fanfare there is. That's it. Bam, done. Yeah. That's it's it. It's so like, random, we, isn't it? We missed out. They they missed out. The, the brand, you know, the producers, all of that. They missed out on such a huge suspense opportunity there, like, such such a huge cliffhanger <laughs> opportunity. What a fucking fuck up. I yeah. mean, they let us know at the beginning of the episode. What a stupid way to do it. And I actually thought as well, now that Jackie has 
told Tiffany she's in the band. What is Jackie O's role for the rest of the series? <laughs> well, literally nothing except that, yeah. I suppose, young woman in mm-hmm. entertainment and media, you know, I guess she's somewhat of a, a, a men- not a mentor, but maybe like a big sister kind of mentor in a way, even though yeah. she's probably the same age as them all herself. Um, but, yeah, I was thinking the same thing, you know, poor Jackie O, you know, she thought she's off the hook and then Chantel quits and she gets dragged back into Warner Music to pick a replacement. She's like, I thought yeah. I was done with this bullshit, but then she yeah, gets exactly. dragged back in. <laughs> I did think I did think when she was sitting around the table, Jackie O, talking about the different people, I thought she looked fabulous. I thought her hair looked really, really good. She had this really great sort of back-combed, quite oh, yeah. bouffant sort of hair and I was like, yeah, that's fabulous, Jackie O. That's great. Let, <laughs> let's just, go just, with that. It just feels like she just rolls out of bed looking like that. It does, doesn't, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. Jackie O, if no you're listening, effort. what is your secret? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just runs a comb through her hair once and suddenly ta- ah, she's ready she for national TV. Yeah. Know, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe she's just Jackie O. Yeah. I think I'd need about five days under a knife before I was ready. <laughs> and your tongue in your mouth without any drool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if Jackie O drools? What do you think? Oh, uh, everyone does. At some Maybe point. we should get her on the show and ask her. Jackie O, do yeah. you drool? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we, so we're glad she's. Yeah. You're literally really, thinking about Jackie O drooling. <laughs> yeah. So it's thing. really. I'm trying to segue into our next point. You're but not going to be able to segue. No way. Just say it. <laughs> <laughs> you're not. You're not a natural born segueer. But no, that's all right. No. Go. But I do love a clunky segue. Um, it well, gives me we've joy. Certainly so achieved that. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so drivel. <laughs> <laughs> drivel. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Nothing makes me dribble more than a Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> oh, that's such a shit segue. God, people are going to be listening to this thing. Fuck. What have I listened yeah, to? Um, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So the VW moment. You know, this yep. is one thing that everyone remembers about this series. You know, in hindsight, um, Volkswagen brought out um, you know a rebrand of the the, the original Beetle. In 2000, and they were in bright colours and metallic colours and, you know, it was really kind of fabulous and fun. And, you know, in Mm. this episode, all the girls get given one and the narrator has this weird voiceover and he goes, one car each and only for a strictly limited time. It's like, why? What a weird voiceover to even say. Yeah. It's It's so strange. They've clearly been sponsored or something by Volkswagen and then... He's sort of undermining it by going, well, they're not giving them the cars, they're lending them the cars so that they can be shown on national TV is the subtext of that. (laughs) It's so weird. And you know what I think about this? You know, now, of course, anybody listening may or may not know this, I don't know, but, you know, at the time people were being lent cars and, you know, celebrities and media personalities were being lent cars. But, you know, it was a big deal that, you know, I guess a girl Mm. band were going to get five, you know, five girls were going to get five cars to drive around and they were brand new. It was a great marketing opportunity for Volkswagen. Um, you know, they were a cool, hip car at the time. But really, like today, a car sponsorship is a dime a dozen. I mean, if you have a look at, I say this with great personal first-hand experience of a whole bunch of friends. I mean, if you have 12 followers on Instagram, mm. you can potentially get a, you know, car sponsorship. I mean, somebody really? will loan you a, well, not 12 followers, but, you yeah. know, you could have even, I mean. I've there got are 14, of, I think. Can I? <laughs> there, <laughs> there are a bunch of people I know. There are a bunch of girls particularly who have bought their followers from like chatbots and robots and stuff on Instagram. They've bought their followers and they get limited, you know, relationships with car companies oh, and they right. drive around they drive around in these fabulous cars that they could not otherwise afford and they have to give them back <laughs> yeah. um, and you know they post photos on the instagram and all that kind of thing their followers aren't even real they're driving a car yeah. they could never afford it's a complete farce 
It's yeah. A, the whole thing, the whole concept of it is absolutely oh. ridiculous. I mean, I'm jealous though. <laughs> no, if you're a car company, if you're a car company listening, you know, it needs to make, I think it needs to make sense. But when you've got some basic girl, some basic white girl, you know, from the suburbs who's mm. kind of faking it, you know, till she makes it, she, there she's driving around in like some fabulous, you know, $150,000 car. Nah, don't buy that for a fucking second. What a load of bullshit. I reckon but I could probably this- get a little Honda scooter or something. Like a <laughs> you could, 125 you could. cc little thing. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but yeah, you could get a little thing, little scooter. Oh, great. Maybe you could drive, <laughs> okay. maybe, maybe, was it a Honda? Was that what you said? Yeah. Maybe Honda could sponsor you now that this podcast is going to blow up and maybe they could sponsor you with like a hot pink, free oh, Alexia branded, um, yeah, Honda, <laughs> whatever that thing was. Honda, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but look, Other all, I'm telling are you is, available. <laughs> all I'm telling you is it's not hard to get it. Plenty of these okay. people get them. So anyway, they're in their Volkswagens and clearly yep. someone's like tipped off Triple J. And oh, Yes, I mean probably yeah. Volkswagen. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably, Volkswagen, probably VW or Popstars, probably Channel 7, you know. There's, uh, Triple yeah. J have basically done a competition to say spot the girls in those cars hmm. um, and, you know, let us know where they are. Driving yeah. around Sydney, I mean, the girls have had a, the cars for a hot second. Yeah, it's clearly not the most discreet car, you know, a pastel sort of <laughs> Volkswagen beast. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. Like I remember and I, you and yeah. I were talking about this last week, you know, because you'd watched ahead and I hadn't actually watched this far yet. And um, you had said to me, you know, oh, I saw the car thing and I was like, yeah, I think I remember the car colours. And you were like, do oh, you yeah. really tell me? And now I have to say, when I rewatched, when I watched this episode, when I rewatched it for the first time in 20 years, I was right. <laughs> was I right or Let was the record I right? show. <laughs> Let the record show that I remembered the ridiculous car colours. And you said to me, do you remember what colour they all got? And you asked what colour Sophie got. And I said she got the light green one. Yeah. Which she got. Doesn't she end up in the yellow though? Now that I've said that, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> to be honest, I, I can't even fucking remember what I was saying. Oh yeah, she's she swapped. Swapped. Isn't and she then the she's like, I'm the only one with the sunroof, and I got it because I can ride a man drive a manual. I think. That's right, because she says <laughs> Sally and I are the only ones that can drive a manual. Yeah, I can't remember but, what did I say in the end? Oh, no, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, Whatever. We'll have to. Yeah, we'll have to go back if we, can. we will. Actually, I can't be bothered. Let's just pretend you got it right. <laughs> Congratulations. Let's. But thanks. what? I, I mean, clearly. Like they're not very discreet cars and they're getting papped, so the cars get taken away from them pretty much straight away. And then the next scene we see is a voiceover going, the girls will eventually get the cars back and in the meantime, management has taken control of the situation. And then there's a shot of Michael Napthali pulling up in one of the cars just looking a bit confused about why he's being filmed. <laughs> so They're clearly weird. taking the piss out of him, yeah. It's, it's so weird. Funny. He just sort of appears, grabs his little briefcase and off he trots. And then they're looking through, they're back up in the apartment and they're looking through um, the newspapers to try and find themselves, I think. And that, you know, Katie says something like, oh, we're we're affecting the stock markets. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then she's also reading out, there's some guy from the University of Queensland um, who's like an oh, academic. Yeah. Professor and, something or other, Professor Graham yeah. something or other. And they're taking the piss out of him. <laughs> and he says something like in the paper, they're not well known because of what they've done. They're well known because they're well known, which, you know, I think that guy, when Paris Hilton hit the scene, would have probably had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> 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 then the Kardashians probably killed him. <laughs> it's <laughs> It's such a um, it's such a weird um thing because it's not entirely untrue at this point. But I mean, 
it's not like these girls were, I mean, they're not famous for who they are. Like they're famous because at this point they're singers, mm. right? I mean, let's be real. Yeah. They're singers. They've got a talent. It's not like they're, sure, they're on a reality show, but, I mean, if you took the show away from it and they were all successful auditioning for a band, nobody would have an opinion on it. But because it was all filmed, I mean, it means that, what, they're not talented? Nah, bullshit. I call bullshit. I mean, it's not like they're a nobody socialites, you know, five nobody socialites who come together to make a band and pretend that they can sing. They legitimately are five singers. Some of them have been working as singers or training as singers or dancers or performers for 15 years since they were little kids, you know, or 16 years. So it's kind of like, actually, I think you're actually wrong on these guys. Sure, fine, have an opinion on on certain people and and have your, you know, your, your social, you know, your opinion on society and, you know, pop culture and why these people are famous. But, um, babe, you know, Professor Graham, whoever you are, babe, you know, Andy Warhol did it 30 years before you. In the future, yeah. everybody will fam- be famous for 15 minutes. And that's your fucking 15 minutes of fame, Professor Graham, came from <laughs> ragging on our friends in Butto. And that's what I have to say on the matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had to write like quick news article things beforehand and sometimes because you, you just need like a diversity of opinion and sometimes you just have to go, okay, let's find an academic with a contrary <sighs> opinion and get them to say a quote and then I can move on to the next thing. What do you mean find day? an academic with a contrary <laughs> opinion? Literally every <laughs> academic has a contrary opinion. I mean yeah. none of them are conventional and none of them have an opinion that actually, you know, relates back to the broader, broader public as general at, at large, you know. <laughs> yeah. I've only yeah. ever known combative academics and for those of you academics listening out there that this is enraging, case in point, combative. <laughs> Isn't one of your best friends is an academic? Anyway, yeah, and she, she <laughs> is, she is that academic and she's fabulous and she's brilliant and she's genius. Yeah. Combative. Yeah, all right. <laughs> on, 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 no, well, not really, but on certain things. Um, they also go on to, there's like this whole bit where they're trying on clothes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this bit pissed me off so much. It really did, annoyed me so much. So like, they're like, oh, Chris Moss kind of grabs, gets them all, gathers them all in like the Warner Music office or something. And he mm. says something to the effect of, you know, we've got three objectives. We need to shoot an album cover, feel, get a feel for the stage and, you know, make a plan about your publicity. Yeah. And, you know, we need all of you to have a distinct personal look um, that, mm. you know, that can kind of be replicated on stage and off stage and all that kind of thing. Clearly this is what they're talking, you know, what they're talking about is kind of replicating like a Spice Girls vibe where each of the girls has a different aesthetic and has a different kind of shtick, I guess. Um, Mm. And so we see all the girls kind of dropped into this, some kind of, I don't know, fashion distributor or whatever. I can see there's a Zimmerman sign in the background. Um, And, uh, you know, it looks like a fashion distributor rather than actually one brand. Um, Right, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Sophie's the first cab off the rank and she's trying on some clothes. She's in this sort of glittery, awful glittery yeah. pink halter neck dress And thing. can I just say, you know how these days you're not meant to assign, you know, a gender to a um, job title? This yeah. was definitely a cameraman in this scene. It <laughs> no definitely was it, yeah. a cameraman, 100% yes. agree He had a wandering lens, yeah. He sure <laughs> did. He did have a wandering lens. And, you oh, know, dear. poor thing, I mean, she just is such a cruisy person. Yeah. But yeah. but the whole like sitting there, she's sort of holding it up, you know, holding this underarm sort of up, you know, kind of protecting her modesty, I guess, as she's trying this this thing on. And, you know, one of the one of the fashion distributor people or whatever is kinda like, Oh, you know, do you do you feel comfortable in that? Do you think you could dance in that? And and Sophie sort of says, you know, Oh, well, maybe not dancing or, or something like that anyway. Mm. And the, yeah. the woman the woman says to her, Are you worried that things are gonna jiggle? Can you imagine speaking to a 19-year-old woman on national television about her breasts jiggling? 
today. Yeah. I know. Imagine, I mean, it is so outrageous. Now, I, I know these conversations happen with stylists and fashion brands in real life, and and I understand mm-hmm. that that's a sort of a perfectly general kind of comment to make in that environment. Yeah. Um, privately, but to publicise, oh, you're worried things are going to jiggle to a 19 year old woman. It is outrageous. I know Absolutely on national outrageous. TV. Yeah, <laughs> just I couldn't get over it. I couldn't get over it. It's just so fucking awful. I know. But and, I mean, and bless then, Sophie, she's so positive about everything. She isn't is. She? Yeah. She's just like, sure, okay. You know, yeah. oh, I like this dress. I mean, all the things they put her in was so fucking awful. But at this point, you know, they're putting her in everything pink and you can get the idea here, okay, they're doing a baby spice situation. Right, yeah. That's yeah. kind of the vibe you're getting like, okay, it's a bit of a baby spice situation. It's all pink and girly. She's blonde. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. And Belinda always what, seems to be in these like one-shouldered one sort oh, of Oh, Belinda. Yeah. Oh, she's, yeah, she, well, she's got beautiful collarbones, beautiful shoulders. I presume right. that's the reason. That's I gather that's what they've sort of gone, oh, well, these are the best, best assets. Let's feature these, you know. Right, yeah. And it's also that I think they ref, keep referring – I don't know if it's in this episode. I think it is, or maybe it was a previous one where they talk about like the disco look. Oh, is that what it and is? And she talks about how she how she loves it. she'd love this look with a diamondy belt or something. And um, I guess there was that kind of time, you know, in the you know ninety nine two thousand, where you know brands like Westco were cool again, and you know everything, all of your hipster jeans had like you know diamondy studded pockets and your you know right, diamondy yeah. zippers and diamondy <laughs> tops and one shouldered things, and there was kind of this like discoy resurgence at the time which was a very belinda look obviously because that's what they kept cramming the the girl into um and you know i love that they they obviously do that they they put her in that one shoulder and it's a thing that sticks because she ends up being in a lot of one shoulder stuff later but they also do sally in this like flag printed bra it looks like an american yeah. flag doesn't it not uh, an yeah, australian it does, doesn't it yeah and then like a random. denim jacket with low slung hipster jeans which are so 2000s and she loves them she's like oh, i love the jeans she doesn't love the jeans i want them in every size please yeah yeah she loves the jeans and they're really cute and the whole outfit's fine but she's like i'm not comfortable showing this much skin and she even goes as far as to explain you know i've got this out this out this out it's like a little den- denim pair of booty shorts and mm. um she's pretty clear and vocal that she's not comfortable wearing these things but that does not seem to deter anybody from continually pushing her in these things and there's one time where they put her in i think from memory it's like a red peasant blouse that potentially huh. could be up on the shoulder or off the shoulder and and the stylist is kind of tucking in her bra strap the, t- the yeah. stylist is cutting in sorry uh, tucking in sally's bra strap underneath her top saying look i think it's better that we hide the bra strap because it looks a little bit tarty otherwise but then next minute, there's next shot. There's a photo of the of the thing shoved, pulled the, the peasant top, pulled down around her arms, and a bra strap's on show. It's like this poor girl, you know, she's been pretty clear she doesn't feel comfortable doing this, but you're doing it anyway. And you've already told yeah. her she's going to look tarty if her bra straps are on show. Mm, yeah. I don't know. It's a really weird, uncomfortable thing to watch now. And she in takes hindsight. it up with Chris Moss as well. And he's sort yeah, of she there, sort of rationalizing. He's there, sorry, rationalizing us. And she's. She's again still pretty clear she doesn't want to do it, um, but he's making it pretty clear that it has to be done. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he sort of says something to the effect of, you know, whatever, whatever you, whoever you are now, or whatever you are now, you know, whatever your personality or look is now, you have to take it, you know, whatever you're comfortable with, you have to push beyond that and take it further, even further than you think you need to take it. Whatever he's kind of said, I'm, I am paraphrasing there. But, yeah. You know, and we know we're not stupid. You know, even then we knew that you know pop stars and you know celebrities are kind of dressed by other people and they're controlled by record labels and all that sort of stuff. But I guess um, you know, watching it at the time, it probably felt quite exciting and glamorous to be to be witnessing kind of this, um, you know, um, behind the scenes 
fashion-y moment. But realistically, if you think back on it now, you know, it's so um, gross. Yeah. It's very I'm sure it still obje- happens. objectifying and stuff. Objectifying. Yeah. I'm sure it still yeah. happens. Um, you know, I do think potentially, you know, and maybe I'm being naive here, but potentially young pop artists have a little bit more of a say these days. Like I can't imagine, I can't imagine Taylor Swift or Ariana Grande being forced to to do and wear certain things. Maybe maybe they are for all I know, but I can't imagine them. Yeah, you know, they seem it's to be to know, in control it? of their their look and their their wardrobe. Maybe I'm wrong. I reckon it's, it's probably different if you've come up as, as like a singer songwriter and yeah, you've built true. your own career to true. where it is. Whereas if yeah. you've you've auditioned for something. Like it's like auditioning for a play or a musical or something, you know, someone else is picking your outfit and telling you what to say and sing. And <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, and that's yeah. the other thing about this, I guess, that's the other thing to consider, you know, pop stars, they were casting characters, they were casting roles, you know, that's the reality of it. You know, they, they wanted five distinct looks and I'm sure they already had in their mind, you know, this blueprint of the kind of looks they wanted for everybody, I guess. What I do love is that straight after this scene and there's just this little snippet of Jackie O and Belinda wandering through the car park. So and strange. Ja- Jackie O's asking them what they want to call the band. Have you thought of and, a name for the band yet? Yeah. yeah. And she has, what are her ideas again? She, Jackie O's like, have you thought of a name for the band yet? Yeah. And Belinda goes, oh, yeah, I, I, I really liked Kismet. Dreadful. And I really liked, oh, some of the girls really liked Supernova mm. or Frock. Frock, yeah. <laughs> oh, Can you frock imagine? just sounds too much like an expletive. Like frock, oh, frock, oh, frock and hell. You know, number one on the RA charts this week. It's frock with poison. Yeah. I mean, no. no. I mean, number one on the RA charts this week. It's supernova with poison. I mean, that's kind of cute. Yeah. Supernova. That kind of would work. But obviously, yeah, we know okay. that doesn't happen. No. <laughs> I, I think I remember there being a bit of argy-bargy about the name, so maybe the next episode is when that happens. I'm not sure, but I remember back in the day that one of the girl goes, what if we call it Bardo after Bridget Bardo or something? I think that's how it happens. I think it's Sophie, but I can't quite remember. Yeah, it must be coming up soon, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we see them recording some more music and there's this great oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Belinda, she's sort of um, doing the whispering bit, don't give empty reasons, baby. I don't want your lies. Yeah. And she can tell she's just hating herself while she's doing it and feels and she like makes embarrassed. This comment. You know, yeah. she's like, I'm sorry, I can't do it. It's too naff. Yeah. <laughs> and it just comes back to her practicality and um, it reminds me of that previous episode where she's the one, clearly the sacrificial you know, spokesperson of the group who makes the sort of, you know, soundbite to camera about Chantel leaving. She just can't do anything that's naff and cheesy. She just, she will do what she has to do professionally, the end. So, of course, Sally steps in and yep. she nails it in one take. It seems, totally and, nails it. And the producer, Michael Zamowski, sort of turns around to the group, but pointing it at Belinda clearly going, see, it can be done. Yeah. And <laughs> Sally kind of goes, guess I'm the official talker of the group then. <laughs> <laughs> But I love also, you know, it's so funny seeing that hap- that that moment because um, you know how in pop songs, like you know, there are bits that everybody remembers. There are it's usually trills and riffs and whispered spoken words and things mm. that people remember so so clearly. And it, it is that you know, don't give empty reasons, baby. You know, th- those yeah. that whole thing is such an iconic moment in that song. And then at the end of it, we know that so um, Katie has that like well well bit that's added to the top of it oh yeah and it's so good that's the bit that everyone kind of is like yes and if you hear (laughs) it back now you're like oh my god here it comes here it comes 
Yeah, it's interesting <laughs> hearing it like before all the layers are added because you sort of yeah. want to sing them in. And, you know. Totally, totally. <laughs> it's weird hearing the song without every other, um, you know, layer and, and bits and pieces added. It's quite fun actually. And speaking of layering in, Jesus, I mean, Tiffany, she looks like a deer in the headlights because basically they brought her in. Yeah. And she's now having to replace all the tracks that um, Chantelle had put down. And so, like, she's literally, I guess she's doing the 15-hour days with everyone else and then staying back and recording even more afterwards. So I don't know when she's sleeping. But <laughs> Probably not at all. I mean, I really feel for Tiffany at this point because, you know, she's come into a dynamic that's already existing. Fair enough, it's only been a few weeks potentially. I think she says it's been four weeks. Um, mm. that girls have been together before she arrived. But certainly she comes in and she's clearly got to re-record all of the tracks that Chantel's already recorded in the various different layers and, and pieces that she's got to do. Um, and potentially, you know, because it's a different voice, maybe some of the other girls have had to do little bits and pieces as well. Yeah. But, um, you know, Tiffany is probably being put through this incredibly punishing schedule, I imagine, much mm. more than the girls at this point. Yeah. And there's this bit, I do. there's this um, Tiffany cam thing they do and she's she's speaking really truthfully to the camera and it's almost a bit like what you know what eventually becomes the big brother diary room sort of thing yeah, um, yeah. but she's she's being really it's really kind of a bit uh, I don't know um she's really vulnerable or something like in big brother they're clearly going in there to game the system and manipulate the viewers and whereas Tiffany it just seems like she needed an outlet to get her thoughts onto camera and it does she says something that was a bit chilling. It's like sometimes you just want to run away. I'm yeah. not sure if that sounds selfish or not, but sometimes you just do because the, you miss the people that you love. And it's like watching one of those, you know, um, self-taped auditions for like someone who went on to win the Oscar later on. It um, is. You just see them it's, in their own room <laughs> filming. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an audition video. It feels, it yeah. feels like, you know, um, when you look back at like, big stars, you know, before they were famous moments. And it's like, it is kind of, I don't know if it's, what I call it, chilling? I don't know. It's certainly raw, you know, Tiffany looking down the camera and you're like, you know, it's all branded up like Tiffany Cam, you know, obviously they're mm. trying to really lean into this, you know, new millennium techno thing. And, and <laughs> yeah. um, you know, she talks about, you know, wanting to run away. And obviously this is a few weeks into it. Um, but, you know, she's clearly got great self-awareness. Maybe that comes from being, you know, 23 or whatever, that rather than, you know, younger. But, um She's clearly got a great self-awareness and taking the, the being sequestered is taking its toll on, on them all um, yeah. and the, the punishing work schedule is taking its toll. And, you know, interestingly, she's from Sydney and she talks about missing her family and friends so or, or you know, people who are close to her. So you imagine that her schedule must be so intense that she hasn't even got time to sort of, you know, make calls or, or visit anybody. Yeah. I kind of feel for her really. I think she really had a hard slog. And, and I actually think maybe in the eyes of, of the public maybe she even had a lot to prove, which is not yeah. really fair because we were no more or less familiar with her than we were with any of the other girls who were in the group. That's true. And she even makes a little comment, doesn't she, about, oh, I hope I don't come across as shallow on TV. Yeah, or, or, like so, or yeah. didn't she say sometimes like I, I, I might come across as shallow? Didn't she say something like that? Yeah. yeah. I, no, I thought it was interesting. And, I mean, I guess she comes across as confident, that's for sure. And, and you know, I think we've spoken in the past, like she came across as cocky in some of the interviews. Or maybe it was the, the, the champagne moment where she says, oh, thanks, I'm coming oh, back yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, I drank six glasses of champagne. It's a little bit cocky, but um, maybe that's what <laughs> she means. You know, where yeah, she's, she's about missing her friend's off. champagne and Bacardi. That's the friend <laughs> she's talking about. <laughs> you know, I think she's probably she's probably just really feeling it. And, and um, 
Yeah, but, you know, of course she goes on to do a stellar job. So <laughs> She does. And you know the thing I was yeah. thinking, you know, at this point, you know, I think there's a bit with Sally speaks to the camera and says, you know, we did ask if we could keep it as a four-person group, but no, look, we were told they wanted five. And I guess that's the record label wanting to, you know, emulate the Spice Girls or whoever else that they sort of yeah. had in their mind. But, but also um, they'd have to re-record everything they'd already done with the harmonies exactly. if they wanted to go down to four, yeah. Exactly. I mean, the other thing too is... um you know, and we can talk about this later and on, on another episode. But, I mean, it you need those five girls together mm. made it, you know, truly made it. I mean, I think maybe, you know, the other odd ones would have been fine too that, that got rejected early on. But, I mean, that you needed the five of them. And I think it is such a fucking shame that Katie left when she left. Yeah. We'll talk about that more later. But, but I think the five of them together, Tiffany was the right choice from the very beginning. Cha-ching for you. Cha-ching, yeah, cha-ching. <laughs> Point five of more sense for me. <laughs> Sometimes when we're doing this, I do have to think, you know, a bit self-reflectively and go, oh, you know, I've got like my master's in journalism and communication. <laughs> Good <laughs> on you. here I am. Here I am dissecting uh, you know, a show that's 20 years old about pop culture, you know, which is fine, you know, it's an interest anyway. Um, but then also... You know, there's the journalistic kind of um, saying, which is like an inch wide and a mile deep, and that's where you just pick one topic and you just mine it and mine it and mine it and because actually that's more interesting than being like broad or vague or anything like that, I think. So, you know, I'm kind of I'm back on board with myself here going, yeah, this is all <laughs> my – I'm using all my skills. I'm writing little bits of music. I'm editing the podcast. You know, I mean, I, I think yeah. it's great to have, first, it's great to have a master's in journalism. Good on you. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I really, I love that for you. Um, yeah. But I also think, you know, there's a lot to be said for, you know, doing something that you enjoy just for the sake of, because you enjoy it, you know, and, mm. and something like this, um, you know, doing this podcast, regardless of your master's in journalism, which by the way, dear listeners, I do not have, Um <laughs> Just a side note on that. Um, Alex, with all of his degrees, you've got like three in a master's, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've got none and no master's. Okay. So that's okay. Well, two, two of them are grad dips, so yeah. I don't, okay. know, I don't know what that is because I didn't go yeah. to university, <laughs> okay, but yeah. love that for Come you. Mind. Love all those grad dips, all the <laughs> masters, all the things. I have none mm. of them. But I do think, um, you know, if you are interested in something or you like something, there's always that potential that other people will too. And, you know, I think anytime you can kind of get together, chitty chat and have fun with somebody and talk about something that, you know, you've got great affection for, I think it's actually a good thing. And yeah. actually it probably would be good for a lot more academics to actually take a chill pill, relax, and actually do something a bit more lighthearted and apply a little <laughs> bit of humour yeah, and is this aimed at your friend again? Levity? No, not aimed at her. No, she's great. She's she's great. She's she could be chilled and relaxed. But it's aimed yeah. at that bloke who wrote that article about pop stars in two thousand. Yeah, gotcha. Actually, yeah. can you imagine being a female academic amongst male uh, that male academia sort of? Yeah, space? I mean, this is a whole. This is a massive topic that I don't know it if is. I'm qualified to chat about. I'm not qualified because- to talk about it either. Look, if anyone's qualified, I mean, you are. You've got your three whatevers and your one masters. So if anyone's going to have an opinion, you can. But fuck it, I don't care if we're qualified or yeah. not. That's all right. I'm not qualified to talk about anything. Bullshit. Yeah. But but it is it is um, bullshit. <laughs> it, it's fine. I we can say this. I reckon yeah. there are a, sh- a lot of um, 
you know, male academics that are unwelcoming to female academics. That's my thought. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm just going to go out and throw that out there. Oh, look, I'd say so. And, you know, I'm sure there's there's been, you know, thousands and thousands of years of oppression that <laughs> we're all still in the process of working through. Yeah, for I sure. don't know what totally. I think is as a comedy podcast, maybe now is not the time to mind this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You never know. But somebody listening could be the right person who gives yeah. an opinion on this. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> let's uh, stick with commenting on music and uh, <laughs> on outfit culture. choices. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever. I've got yeah. an opinion on everything. But you know what? You should let us know your opinion because we have an Instagram, so you can send us a DM and you yeah. can hobnob us a like. Yeah, you can hobnob us a like. <laughs> well done for reading out the scripts so verbatim. <laughs> also, by also, the way, that yeah. is how you do a segue. Yeah, that By was pretty way, good. That yeah. was so fucking good. Even I was impressed with myself. Yeah, I'll have to listen back a couple of times and take some notes. <laughs> That's why I'm the pro, babe. That's why there I'm the pro. There you go. You should do your PhD in segues. Anyway, <laughs> we can. You can also send us some cash, which can uh, go on to fund some academic writing from Alexander. Yeah. Now we're publishing shows pretty much every Friday and Tuesdays. We were talking about having a mid-season break. So we'll see what becomes of that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see if we're yeah. going to have a mid-season break or not. At the moment, I have to say I am absolutely loving pop stars, mm. and I'm so excited to keep going. I really want to keep watching. I'm just so yeah. excited. But, you know, you don't want to kill the goose that lays the golden eggs too soon, you know. We've got to stretch well, this out. No milk I mean, it for all it's worth. <laughs> you're, so far, only you are getting golden eggs laid in the form of your 33 cents per sting or whatever it is that you're getting paid. <laughs> so far, no golden eggs have been laid in my lap, but that's okay. okay. Well, that raises a good point that you can send us a little contribution in our ACAST support page in the link of this podcast description. And, you know, also, you know, there's there's the option for us, you know, in the future to have some merch as we talked about before. Oh, yeah. You know, now, so pa- my elbows are a little dry. Do you have anything you could recommend? Funny you should mention it. Here's something I prepared earlier. Have you yeah. tried new Belbows? <laughs> I haven't. What's a Belbow? Well, a Belbow is a chapstick for your elbow and it comes in XYZ, great flavours. Yeah. But Sense. isn't a chapstick too small for my elbow? Won't it only last for one to three applications? Ah, foolish man. <laughs> You're quite wrong. <laughs> quite wrong indeed. Please yeah. find here before you, no, you mm. know, exhibit A, although I don't have it here. Yeah. We, I'm telling you right now, there is money to be made out of our Belbows. There is, yeah. And so out of, look out out of, who knew out of your dry, crusty, haggard, <laughs> Sydney-ravaged elbows? <laughs> <laughs> They're just a bit leathery. They're not crusty. Your leathery, <laughs> Sydney-ravaged elbows. Yeah. We were going to come up with something so brilliant as the Belbo. I know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we can't top that. The Belbo's chapstick. <laughs> I don't know. We, we really can't. Yeah. I'm looking forward to actually getting yeah. these into production. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So maybe we should uh, run away now and look into some uh, how to cheaply import something that's not going to give people any uh, rashes Let's. or yeah have a reaction. You know, Do we need to we need to test these on some kind of uh, children or something, don't we? Before we <laughs> get them into production. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> before I before I get us in any legal trouble, I'm going to yep. sign off and say goodbye. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you feel 
can't keep a good woman down. <laughs> I love that theme song so much. It's so good. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.